The Life of Abraham Lincoln by Henry Ketchum Chapter 1 The Wild West Coffee Break Collection 22 Days Gone By This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anita Sloma Martinez Chapter One The Wild West At the beginning of the twentieth century, there is, strictly speaking, no frontier to the United States. At the beginning of the nineteenth century, the larger part of the country was frontier. In any portion of the country today, in the remotest villages and hamlets, on the enormous farms of the Dakotas or the vast ranches of California, one is certain to find some if not many of the modern appliances of civilization such as were not dreamed of one hundred years ago aladdin himself could not have commanded the glowing terms to write to the prospectus of the closing years of the nineteenth century so too it requires an extraordinary effort of the imagination to conceive of the condition of things in the opening years of that century the first quarter of the century closed with the year eighteen twenty five at that date lincoln was nearly seventeen years old the deepest impressions of life are apt to be received very early and it is certain that the influences which are felt previous to seventeen years of age have much to do with the formation of the character if then we go back to the period named we can tell with sufficient accuracy what were the circumstances of lincoln's early life though we cannot precisely tell what he had we can confidently name many things things which in this day we class as the necessities of life which he had to do without for the simple reason that they had not then been invented or discovered in the first place we must bear in mind that he lived in the woods the west of that day was not wild in the sense of being wicked criminal ruffian morally and possibly intellectually the people of that region would compare with the rest of the country of that day or of this day there was little schooling and no literary training but the woodsman has an education of his own the region was wild in the sense that it was almost uninhabited and untilled the forests extending from the mountains in the east to the prairies in the west were almost unbroken and were the abode of wild birds and wild beasts bears deer wild cats raccoons wild turkeys wild pigeons wild ducks and similar creatures abounded on every hand consider now the sparseness of the population kentucky has an area of forty thousand square miles one year after Lincoln's birth, the total population, white and colored, was 406,511, or an average of 10 persons, say less than two families to the square mile. Indiana has an area of 36,350 square miles. In 1810, its total population was 24,520, or an average of one person to one and one-half square miles in eighteen twenty it contained one hundred and forty seven thousand one hundred and seventy three inhabitants or about four to the square mile in eighteen twenty five the population was about two hundred and forty five thousand or less than seven to the square mile the capital city indianapolis which is to-day of surpassing beauty was not built 
nor thought of when the boy Lincoln moved into the state. Illinois, with its more than 56,000 square miles of territory, harbored in 1810 only 12,282 people, in 1820 only 55,211, or less than one to the square mile, while in 1825 its population had grown a trifle over a 100,000, or less than two to the square mile. It will thus be seen that up to his youth Lincoln dwelt only in the wildest of the wild woods, where the animals from the chipmunk to the bear were much more numerous and probably more at home than man. There were few roads of any kind, and certainly none that could be called good, for the mud of Indiana and Illinois is very deep and very tenacious. There were good saddle-horses, a sufficient number of oxen, and carts that were rude and awkward, no locomotives, no bicycles, no automobiles. The first railway in Indiana was constructed in 1847, and it was, to say the least, a very primitive affair. As to carriages, there may have been some, but a good carriage would be only a waste on those roads and in that forest. The only pen was the goose quill, and the ink was homemade. Paper was scarce, expensive, and while of good material, poorly made. Newspapers were unknown in that virgin forest, and books were like angels' visits, few and far between. There were scythes and sickles, but of a grade that would not be saleable today at any price. There were no self-biting harvesters, no mowing machines. There were no sewing or knitting machines, though there were needles of both kinds. In the woods, thorns were used for pins. Guns were flintlocks. Tinder boxes were used until the manufacture of the friction match. Artificial light came chiefly from the open fireplace, though the tallow dip was known, and there were some housewives who had time to make them and the disposition to use them. Illumination by means of molded candles, oil, gas, electricity came later. That was long before the days of the telegraph. In that locality there were no mills for weaving cotton, linen, or woolen fabrics. All spinning was done by means of the hand loom, and the common fabric of the region was linsey-woolsey made of linen and woolen mixed, and usually not dyed. Antiseptics were unknown, and a severe surgical operation was practically certain death to the patient. Nor was there ether, chloroform, or cocaine for the relief of pain. As to food, wild game was abundant, but the kitchen garden was not developed, and there were no importations. No oranges, lemons, bananas, no canned goods. Crusts of rye bread were browned, ground, and boiled. This was coffee. Herbs of the woods were dried and steeped. This was tea. The root of the sassafras furnished a different kind of tea, a substitute for the India and Ceylon teas now popular. Slippery elm bark soaked in cold water sufficed for lemonade. The milk house, when there was one, was built over a spring when that was possible, and the milk vessels were kept carefully covered to keep out snakes and other creatures that liked milk. Whiskey was almost universally used. Indeed, in spite of the constitutional sixteen to one, it was locally used as the standard of value. The luxury of quinine, which came to be in general use throughout that entire region, was of later date. These details are few and meager. 
it is not easy for us in the midst of the luxuries comforts and necessities of a later civilization to realize the conditions of western life previous to eighteen twenty five but the situation must be understood if one is to know the life of the boy lincoln imagine this boy begin at the top and look down him a long look for he was tall and gaunt his cap in winter was of coonskin with the tail of the animal hanging down behind in summer he wore a misshapen straw hat with no hat-band his shirt was of linsey woolsey above described and was of no color whatever unless you call it the color of dirt his breeches were of deerskin with the hair outside in dry weather these were what you please but when wet they hugged the skin with a clammy embrace and the victim might sigh in vain for sanitary underwear these breeches were held up by one suspender the hunting shirt was likewise of deerskin the stockings there weren't any stockings the shoes were cowhide though moccasins made by his mother were substituted in dry weather there was usually a space of several inches between the breeches and the shoes exposing a tanned and bluish skin for about half the year he went barefoot there were schools primitive and inadequate indeed as we shall presently see but the little red schoolhouse on the hill with the stars and stripes floating proudly above it was not of that day there were itinerant preachers who went from one locality to another holding revival meetings but church buildings were rare and to say the least not of artistic design there were no regular means of travel and even the star route of the post office department was slow in reaching those secluded communities into such circumstances and conditions lincoln was born and grew into manhood End of chapter one the wild west from the life of abraham lincoln